Girls, welcome to episode 13, where Georgia and I go through how to build healthy habits, um, especially, for example, how to go to the gym every day and how to eat healthy. Um, This will be the last episode for season one of our podcast, and we will be back sometime in November, December. So guys, enjoy enjoy the podcast, and we look forward to seeing you guys again in a few months. Bye. Welcome to the Strong Girls Talk podcast, ladies. We're here to talk all things fitness, mindset, and health practical to the women that we train. My name is Ellie, and along with my sister Georgia and cousin Kayla, our mission is to empower you to be stronger and fitter, not only physically, but mentally as well, ready for all that life throws at you. As coaches of our own gym, providing functional fitness for women, we not only coach our clients on how to do deadlifts, squats, and pull-ups, but we want to help you on your journey to self-confidence and body love. So if you're looking to improve your life with awesome breakthroughs, advice on nutrition, training and mindset specifically for women, you've come to the right place. Let's go. Alright guys, welcome to Georgia and Ellie having a mad chat. About habit. About habits. So we habitats, no, just habits. Um, So we got asked to do this podcast by one of our clients um, because they heard in an earlier episode us talking about, um, I guess, habit, creating habits and how to keep them and, um, you know, how good that can be for you because obviously. I think the main premise is that habits will create your life, if that makes sense. So your lifestyle, yeah. Yeah, so if you have um, good habits or habits every day, um, they accumulate into either like the success of what you're trying to achieve. Um, so, for example, obviously it's a habit. Like I would say going to the gym is a habit. Getting a coffee is like a habit. Or maybe some people are addicted, but it's also very habitual. Um uh, things like brushing your teeth are a habit, um, journaling in the morning is a habit, meditating is a habit, all these, uh, what you eat is also um, on a large scale habits. Um, so essentially what we want to talk about is how to um, create these habits and be able to sustain them for a long period of time um, so you can reach whatever goal you set. So I guess like on on average, it takes more than two months before a habit becomes automatic. Um, or a chore, chore becomes a habit. habit. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. So the other thing that I think is uh, quite important to, to talk about is that habits are really important for our survival. So when they do studies on habit with um, rats, what they find is they give them a maze and it's the same maze every time. And after a while... Um, the brain activity in the rat while doing the maze is significantly decreased. And that just means they're on autopilot. Um, So you have driving when you first start driving, it's like really hard and you have to really concentrate. And then after a while you can just do it on your phone and like (laughs) texting and just like doing whatever, like eyes closed. (laughs) Well, I think one of the, the best examples is, you know, when you're driving and like all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I'm here. Who like, drove, <laughs> drove me here? Every um, morning when I drive to work. Yeah. Like, so who, who just drove me? How did I get uh, here? <laughs> so you're, that, that is you, that is a uh, quintessential habit loop. So in what we call the, the habit loop of, of going somewhere. Or the other example is 
when you're driving somewhere but you have to go somewhere slightly different and you're on a path which you usually go and you just end up missing the turn turn because you're in that habit loop. Um, So what you have is you have, um, I guess, a trigger for the habit loop. You have the habit itself and then you have some sort of, I guess, like reward centered generally at the end and that creates like a really strong reinforcement for that habit loop. Um, So there'll be things like um, going to... um, or I suppose, like, um, if you go home and you sit on the couch and just scroll on your phone or something, and that over time will become a habit because the... I bet you, like, 90% of people listening to it is like, oh, I do that, like, every night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So that that is definitely, like, a habit loop. So the trigger is you get home, the habit loop is you scroll on your phone, and I guess the uh, the reward is that you have all these, like, endorphins and all, the, all these... Um, uh, dopamine hits from actually scrolling on your ho- uh, phone because that is quite like a, yeah. um, as we know, it's quite addictive as well. So you've got your short fix habits, which are habit, like basically habits are created because of what, like the dopamine hit and everything that you get. But some of them are good and some of them are bad, or some of them are short fix and some of them are long fix. Like the habit of eating healthy is like a sort of a long fix. Um, the same as going to the gym, whereas, like, unhealthy habits, like someone who's in the habit of just, like, eating chocolate when they're feeling tired or, like, feeling sad or whatever, Mm. that's, like, a quick fix. And then I guess can also be paired with, like, a negative habit. Yeah, well, the thing is your brain doesn't differentiate between positive – well, habits that will have a positive impact on your life and habits that will have a negative impact on your life. So – I guess your habits are stored in an area of your brain called um, the basal ganglia and um, that also plays a key role in, I guess, the development of emotions, memories and um, pattern um, recognition. So people, so so you can have, for example, they had people that, uh, like a lot of psychology is based on people that are brain damaged because you can see what part of the brain is damaged and then see what I guess they still and, and do studies on them to see what is going on in their in their mind and what they found people that still had this um, basal ganglia would remember things so so they might lose the rest of their memory and have like no short or long-term memory mm. but they would still retain habits which they were able to to yeah. keep so technically if you could like really well play it a, like a song on the piano mm. like if it was a habit like you could do it without the music and you've been doing it for years they would probably like be able to do that yeah happen. exactly so um the, the, there's an example of one guy called i think i don't know we'll call him john um they and he lost all he had really really bad memory loss so he pretty much had no short or long-term memory um things like they would just put him in front of the tv every day to watch nat geo like national geographics and it would play the same show every day but it didn't matter because he couldn't remember, like, yeah. watching it the day before. Um, but the problem was he would always, like, you couldn't really leave him alone because he would get lost and he wouldn't really know, like, he didn't know what his wife's name was or mm. he wouldn't really know, like, how to kind of get back to where he was, um, which was sad, um, I guess. But um, the amazing thing was you'd be sitting in him with a room and the, um, I guess, the person doing the study would ask, oh, so can you point, can you tell me in this house, like, where the bathroom is? And he'd be like, no, I don't know, so I can't remember. Um, and then two minutes later, he'd be like, oh, I just need to go to the bathroom. And he would get up and he would walk straight to the bathroom. This is a house he'd be living in for the last 50 years. So there was obviously uh, a pattern stored in his mm. um, 
uh, in his brain in this um, basal ganglia which knew that habit recognition and, and could map out where he yeah. was because he'd done it so or many times. And then he was able to do it. But if someone exactly. asked him, he couldn't. Yeah, exactly. So um, I guess I guess that's important to know because when you're creating habits, if you have that awareness of like what's going on, it can be much easier to create a habit or realise that you're in a, a habit which doesn't necessarily serve you and what you want to achieve. Um, so let's relate it back to, I guess, like people that want to come to the gym, like, um, cause I think that's probably the most common. How do you get into a habit of, yeah. um, going to the gym? Yeah. We all know that like, that's the habit that you want to achieve. You want to make it a part of your lifestyle, but how do you turn it into say being a chore mm-hmm. or being something that you actually have to think about? Should I do it and not, well, I think I'm just you, going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you want to create it so that it's not like a question, if that makes exactly. sense. Do you know what I mean? Like uh there's like you don't really think about whether I should go to the gym or not you just go and in the first uh let's say what how long did we say it was um it's it's three months or whatever 66 days 66 days to create the habit so for the first 66 days you obviously have to be hyper vigilant Mm -hmm. and this is fine for a week that's seven days but I think after that it starts to get a lot harder Mm -hmm. um because I suppose your emotions will come into play. So we know that decision-making is never based on, well, rarely based on logic. Um, It's generally actually based on emotion. We know that if you feel tired or if you just feel like, oh, I just want to get back to my old habit of sitting on the couch. Yeah, that's way better. Um, Yeah, that you'll pick that over in the short term over maybe the long-term benefits of, Uh, going to the gym and living a healthy lifestyle because it's much like emotionally in that moment Mm. you feel much better about going to sit on the couch and also it can be a habit loop where it's really it is really hard to get out of break the habit loop and turn it into another habit yeah so I guess what they suggest doing with stuff like that is you have like a specific trigger with the habit so maybe that is getting home and you know as soon as you go home there's no like you're in that habit there's no way you're going to be able to break it Mm. so what you can do is change the trigger um and that might be that you just don't go home so as soon as you get in the car you need to focus as hard as you can on just going straight to the gym rather than driving home go a different route or whatever it is um and build that habit of as soon as you go down that route that that's just what you do yeah as soon as you start that trigger decision of like you just need to start driving there yeah exactly don't think about like what you want to do, just start driving there. And then once you show up, you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. You have to do You're it. You're done. <laughs> You're yeah. stuck. You're stuck with us. Yeah. Yeah, for so sure. it's just that decision-making of – and then obviously, like, you know, packing your bag the night before to have yeah. your stuff. And that, that also, like, I guess is a habit in itself. So yeah. there's, I guess, like a chain of events that you need to think about which are going to get you – because it's really easy to be like, oh, I'll just go to the gym. Yeah. But actually, like, Packing the bag is the easy bit. It's like getting in the car and then driving there. Yeah. So the other thing is um, also you can have a trigger, a habit, and then obviously like the reward, but you can have the same trigger and then just replace that habit. But I think it's a bit harder. I think you need to work a little bit harder and, you're, and be a bit more aware of what the the trigger is, if that makes uh, – sorry, what the habit loop is uh, to do that. So if you know like you have to go home, have your gym gear right at the door so when you walk in you see it and instead of – 
um, going to the couch. Yeah, you do. Like you've got to distract yourself to do something else if that's the case. There's also really good examples of people. Um, for example, say you're in like a really bad habit of driving past a servo and always going to that servo to get like sweets or something yeah well that's like a sugar addiction it's like smoking like you know like all the app like let's say kit kats and mars bars and stuff like that Mm. traditionally like really sweet stuff like they're advertising like just having the servo there is like an advertisement for i don't know that like addictive chocolate it's so hard because i would say like i'm going through like a lot of habit changes at the moment so um like i've been so I've been cutting out gluten, which has been You've done that before. good. Yeah, I've done that before for sure. Like I, I know, I know the drill if that makes sense. But it got to a point where like I was definitely eating a lot of like bread and pasta and stuff, which like previously I hadn't. And maybe over the last like year or two, it like the consumption had just like crept up because I'd be like, yeah. oh, just on weekends, and it's like, oh, it's Monday, it's fine. Like you know, I love my <laughs> like I just love like eggs and toast, um, like like uh and vegemite and toast and stuff like i love that kind of stuff so um unfortunately just had the consumption over the last two years it just crept up and like i was really feeling pretty fatigued and pretty tired and um i just kind of knew something like something in my lifestyle had to like change so i decided that i was going to do a bit of an overhaul with the the eating that i was doing so so far i've cut out um coffee and uh, yeah, for the most part, so, yeah, Georgia bought me coffee this morning. I had it. It's the first one I've had in two weeks, all right? That's the trigger. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think about that trigger. So sad. Anyway. Yeah, but I always get you one. I know. So Georgia, yeah, Georgia always a habit. Georgia will always get me a coffee and she just, you know, just did it out of habit. It's my fault. It's your fault. No, I'm just kidding. It's my fault. For I, I, I still drink it. It's fine. Um, so, so I'd cut out coffee and, um, and gluten and, um, uh, I do feel a lot better for it. Like, I, you can definitely – like, I've been sick as well, which is a bit annoying. But for the most part, like, I'm definitely feeling better. I can definitely feel um, that cutting that stuff out is really good. But to do that, I really had to create new mm. habits. And um, you're not quite there yet. You're still – Yeah, like, I'm still weaning myself off things. Um, for example, like, on the weekend, that we definitely had um, – like, I definitely had gluten. Like, and I didn't have coffee, but I definitely had gluten. Um, so there's definitely like still triggers that, that go off. Like whenever I go to mum and dad's house, like I know like I, it's, there's a very strong urge to have toast. I don't know why. It's like a really weird mm. thing. Our family, like we always have, um, Vegemite, Vegemite toast. toast and tea and going to that house, like really brings that, that side out of me or whatever. <laughs> so. The devil. The devil brings the devil out. out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gotta eat it um so it, it is interesting when you start to notice these patterns of behavior but yeah. i think that's the most important thing um when you uh is 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 number one recognizing these habits of behavior and then the other thing is having like a bit of a process to um that is a good one though like the servo or going to woolies and just like making sure that you don't like buy something that you see yeah well one of the things they were saying you can do is just drive a different route so if you always go to the same servo for example you always go to the same coals then you just stop filling up your petrol yeah stop yeah (laughs) well maybe not that but or or go to a different servo so that you and start a new habit there do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so if i go to a new servo and i say okay for this like i'm just not gonna um get those sweets at this servo, um, you can build a habit around that. Go to one of those shitty metro ones. They don't have any good sweets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, I don't want anything anyway. 
Um, people have weird habits like eating like quest bars and cliff bars and stuff like I don't reckon that's a positive habit well you may as well just not do that I mean yeah it is it is interesting like everyone has a different way of like how they want to eat or how or like their yeah. what what's good or what's bad for them um I would say like when you're picking your habits you obviously like you obviously have goals and like desires and things that you want to achieve um and I guess the idea would be that you base your habits around what those goals and desires are so you can um get to where you want basically so you know if you know that you want to have a, a better lifestyle to be a good role model for your kids um implementing certain strategies and having an awareness about uh, what what you're doing in front of them and, you know, how you're, how you're acting, whether you're training in front of them, whether you're teaching them to eat well, all that kind of stuff. It has, like, a massive, um, massive impact for them. Yeah. Um, and it's just what you value as well, you know. Um, it's like when you go to America and you see these huge, like, mum and dad and then, like, the kids are also just huge and then it's like, well, it's not the kids' fault. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, I mean, there is a lot of evidence to suggest that um, obesity is, um, I guess, rugs in families, if that makes sense. Yeah, so but it I does also because, like, they're all eating the same Well, yeah, food. I can't remember what the statistic so. is, but if you have, like, an, an overweight parent, then the likelihood of the children being overweight is oh, yeah, significantly higher. Like, if, than you're, if you're extremely overweight, then you're obviously eating, like, foods that aren't the best. Oh, God, this could be a whole other podcast. Um <laughs> I'm talking about, like, like, huge people. Like, I totally, like, I agree. Like, you know, it is an energy consumption, um, uh, what's the word, uh, dilemma, I guess, if if you will. So it is obviously there. But, like, when you watch, like, Biggest Loser and stuff and then they show show you, like, what they've all been eating over, like, a regular day or whatever, it's always, like, some crazy amount. But I also think it's... also, like, obviously their kids are going to pick that up. Yeah. No, the kids do pick up. Uh, habits like for example uh, if you like even in the gym here we have um, like a a creation you see them watching their mums work out and you know they try to do burpees they try to roll as well like just small things that you just you know they're really really observant there was a little kid the other day who goes I just need to roll my back yeah exactly is your back sore yeah I'm just gonna roll my back Okay. Yeah, exactly. You so, <laughs> yes, you, <do. laughs> you get the little roller, you roll it. Yeah, so they do. They do pick up on this stuff, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think it's uh, what again, what you want out of life. I think the obesity epidemic is just so complex as well. Like, there's so much more to it mentally and emotionally. I would say, uh, for me, one of the big things is if you can get your head right uh, Mm. in terms of your health and your fitness, then the rest will follow. Yeah, Um, and at the end of the day, it is all about, like, habit of what we're talking about Yeah, and education as well, I'd say. So I think awareness is is really important, being educated about, you know, uh, why you're not doing the things that you want to do and why you're not getting to where you want to be. Um, It seems that most people sort of in this... I'm going to say just, like, in this area, so, like, in Sydney, most people here are, like, pretty educated on, like, you know, McDonald's is bad and, like, mm. salads are healthy kind of thing. Like, you, most people have a general idea, like, of, like, you know, chocolate's not good, like, um, vegetables are healthy, like, all that sort of stuff, but it's more about education on, like, um, I guess what we're talking about today and also, like, why you act a certain way or why you're, even though you want to 
um, be healthy and be fit. Like, why isn't it happening for you? Mm. I, why aren't you making the right decisions and yeah. that sort of stuff? Yeah, exactly. And I think definitely in this case, knowledge is power. Like, mm. you're more able to realise, you know, why and take control back as well. So, mm. you know, I think uh, that type of, like, mindset training is really, really quite crucial um it's really important to know how to be objective and non-emotional like obviously you need to be emotional because that's just a base of human life if that makes sense but being objective about your behavior and why you have these behavior patterns is really crucial as well because sometimes you just don't know sometimes you just don't realize like you sit there and you wonder like oh god why don't I go to the gym all the time um but if you know, like, oh, it's just because my emotions dictate my behaviour and I'm stuck in a habit loop, you can start to be objective about that and try and figure out how to get yourself out of that situation. Mm. That's been at least my experience anyway and from reading certain books about habit and performance yeah. and things like that. I think with a habit as well, like, if you have a habit, like, I guess I find a lot of people have the problem of, like, always like kind of joining different gyms and just always changing up their fitness regime or like mm. their change even changing their diet like like if you're doing three different diets a year then you're probably like not on the right track in terms of like uh, leading a healthy and fit lifestyle like if you're constantly trying to try a new diet or whatever it's like well, mm. why didn't your last one sort of work and like what what's different about this one that it's obviously there are there is the right diet for each different person and you should try different ones to see what works but I mean if you've been doing that for like a few years um there's probably more of a problem in terms of just uh, like maybe you never made the habit to keep mm. it and like you were just dieting as they call it which is like a temporary thing and really your idea should be to change your habit mm. so like for what well, we can talk about us personally like for me personally um just doing crossfit and just sticking to it has really worked to me in terms of like, or it's not necessarily CrossFit, just the the way that I train. I guess you can't, I mean, it could be more than just CrossFit. It's just training really. But the way that I train um, consistently has just worked for me. And now it's never really a question like, am I going to train today? It just sort of happens. Like I don't train every day. Like obviously I take a day off here and there um, whenever I feel like I need it. But, like, I'm pretty consistent in terms of, like, it's just part of my lifestyle. Mm. I'm not wondering, like, oh, I'm going to train heaps this week or that next week I'm going to train heaps. It's always just, like, I just do it all the time. Yeah, and I think there's... just oh, keep going to the same gym consistently has helped me, not, like, you know, maybe being a member of a gym for a little bit and then being, like, oh, it's not working for me and then, like... Do- like quitting and then not doing anything and then becoming a member at another gym and mm. that were oh it's really good and then soon that starts to fade off again like I feel like a lot of people kind of going through that loop all the time and then they're never really uh, living the lifestyle that they want yeah there's something to say as well for the fact that like as as a person you see yourself that some that is someone that consistently trains if that makes sense so your identity is tied up with fitness and health and training so if your identity is tied up with things like I sit on the couch after work or I just am someone lazy person yeah Yeah. like I'm addicted to so like I'm always on social media or like whatever it is that you're doing which is not like I work a stressful job so I'm stressed out 
yeah, exactly. So, so I don't have time or whatever it is. Um, you have to create an identity around who you uh, want to be versus who you are now, it, uh, assuming that you're in that position. So for Georgia and I, it's not a question whether we would train or not because that type of training is tied up into our identity. Yeah. We see ourselves and as in fitness years trainers. to come. Like I know that when I'm like 50 or whatever, it'll be the same. I'm still going to be training. Exactly. Regularly. And the training might be slightly different or adjusted or yeah. whatever, but our core value is that we take, we believe that training helps us function better. Um, we believe that training is the key to our happiness. Mm. Um, and we believe in training because we want to, I guess, honor our bodies in a sense. Yeah, and there's nothing, it feels like, for me, there's nothing feels better than being like completely able, mm. especially as a woman as well. Like people always expect you to be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take that for you now. And you know what I mean? It's like, just to be able to do things yourself is like super empowering, and like everyone's on this another subject. <laughs> yeah, and everyone is on this journey to kind of, uh, I guess, see what they can get out of it and see where they go. Um, so if you're, you know, I don't think that you know there was a time where I would say like I wasn't that type of person. Like I've always been relatively sporty, but you know, they're not necessarily happy. Yeah, you definitely change. Um, you can definitely change. My point is, you can definitely change your values to something different. Um, the biggest one that I would, uh, one example that comes to mind is um, when you have someone that smokes and they say, "Oh, I'm quitting smoking," but really, you know, I'm just a smoker. You know, as soon as they say that, through like, through. <laughs> I, I like, I know there's no way in hell that they're gonna keep to that. Um, what they said the first because it's just cancel. What they said at first because it's just cancelled out by what they said second, because that is their identity. Mm. I'm just a smoker. For me, I for whatever reason, I always have been, you know, like I know I always will be a non-smoker, if that makes sense, because that's mm. tied up in my identity. Um, I know people that have been smokers and they have said and changed to non-smokers and now that's their identity it's a it's a good like yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and that is a that is a fundamental shift in mindset and and what they value and um and what their identity is and that will help create your habits mm. so I, I i think they kind of go hand in hand i'm not sure whether you could really sustain a habit if it's not tied up in your identity because i think that who you think you are really ties into your habits. So if you think, uh, if you, you know, kind of believe that you are someone that takes their health and fitness seriously and wants to train to make a, a positive change in their body and their health, maybe for your kids, uh, maybe because it helps you perform better at work, mm. whatever it is, you need to tie it in with something emotive because remember those emotions make decisions so that you can move forward and create the habits that you want to create. Boom. So, so <laughs> I guess off. like what you need to think about is like what you like. Let's say you're gonna give up smoking. Like, why do you want to give up smoking? Because all these different reasons. Like, it, I mean, there's so many different reasons. You don't want to get cancer. You don't want to spend all that money. Okay, you want to be like able to breathe properly when you walk up the stairs. Like all these reasons, and then it's okay. How will it make you feel if you're not smoking anymore? I'm going to be so much happier because I'm going to have more money and I'm going to have this and this and this. I'll be mm. able to breathe properly, which means I'll be able to exercise better or I'll just feel, like, more free um, and, like, nothing's holding me back. Because for me, I just hate to be held back by something physically. Like, um, so you're going to think about how you're going to feel. And then it's emotional. And then when it's emotional, you can make a decision. Well, more likely, 
a better decision and then you can change your habit. And it's not like you will never screw up, like, you know. Um, but the other thing is also, the harder thing I would say is also when you screw up, knowing how yeah. to get back on track. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, we always have off weeks where, like when I was younger, I used to smoke as well. And then, like, I decided I wanted to be, like, this healthy person. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to be a smoker. I don't want to smoke. It was kind of always just seemed to be, like, a thing that I did when I was young to be cool or whatever. But then it was kind of sticking around when I was, like, 19. And then I was like, oh, you know, I should probably quit. But then it was not like when I decided that that was my last cigarette. Like, Mm. I still had them when I was out partying Mm. and whatnot. And then, like, eventually it was just like, I don't know, I haven't had a cigarette for ages now, you know what I mean? Like, it just sort of happened. But that was because I, I guess what you say, like, identified myself as, like, I'm not going to be a smoker. Mm. And, like, I knew that, like, over time, like, I don't know, maybe it was like in a year to come, I'm not going to be a smoker or even mm. look at them or, or crave them or, yeah. you know what I mean? But it, smoking is a really good example because it's probably one of the hard, hardest habits to break mm. because it's like an actual um, like chemical addiction. Mm. And if anyone listening is like smoked, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it's just like super addictive and it's super hard to quit as well. But um. Yeah, I guess that is like the per- the perfect example of how you can change a bad habit into a good one. Yeah, the other interesting thing is uh, like companies know about this. Um, I know that sounds really weird, but uh, like a lot of companies when they advertise conspiracy the- theory. <laughs> So even a conspiracy theory, you can look it up. It's well-known, well-documented. Um, the companies will use the knowledge of like a habit loop to sell uh, a product. And mm. in their product testing, especially like big multinational companies, they'll actually look for the habit loop, mm-hmm. uh, the trigger um, and the reward so that they can market that trigger, habit and reward for people. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like, very much like the sugar, the sugar industry, like – sweets and stuff like that yeah no it's it's really it's quite interesting when um so uh, there's two examples one was febreze which was originally to get rid of odors and it actually didn't take off as um something that would get rid of odors the way they marketed it it just like didn't really mm. like no one was like like because people that <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> but if something smells you don't really notice that it that it smells if that makes sense so like Selling that to people just wasn't really working you as need a to, strategy. Like, put fart smells into their car so that they. Well, they didn't buy do that. <laughs> what they what they ended up selling as was, um, as there, there was there was some woman in whatever I can't remember. They the get US. a hot lady in a bikini. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there was some woman in the US who, um, like they they literally would videotape people cleaning and figure out like what it was that they were doing which made them love the product so much and she loved Febreze and they so they came in and they like were videotaping her and blah 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 anyway and they videotaped her and every time she cleaned her room they were like oh, show show us what you do so she uh, cleaned the room and then she just spray a little bit of Febreze on the um on the uh on the bed or the couch or whatever. And then she goes, ah, and and they were like, what was that? And she was go, she goes, oh, I just feel really accomplished. Like I've, it's like I spray it to finish off the cleaning of the room, mm-hmm. and that was how then they decided to sell it as uh, like a reward for cleaning at your household. Mm-hmm. You spray a little bit of Febreze in the room to make it smell that extra bit nicer and to mm-hmm. freshen up that extra bit more. And it sold like wildfire because you have 
the the habit loop and then Febreze was the reward at the end of that habit yeah. and yeah that's why it was that's why it's such a successful product um, and then later they started to sell Even it now, as, I'm like, I kind of want to get some of that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, like, yeah. I was, like, thinking, like, oh, yeah, that would be nice to spray after a few It's like, oh, it's working. Oh, my God. Um, and now they sell it as, like, an odour killer or whatever. That was their second point of sale once they'd cracked kind of the market. Yeah. But originally that didn't crack the market. It was the, the habit loop. Yeah, it was the reward of the habit that, that did. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just so, – so, so, for example, if companies know this kind of thing is something so powerful, mm. then, you know, you should know it as well as how to kind yeah. of counter – And you should think, it. like, what's the reward of not smoking? And obviously we're not talking about, like, smoking here. We're just talking about, like – The habit ha- ha- Yeah, negative habits versus yeah. positive ones. And it's like, what's the reward for not smoking? Like, oh, okay, I didn't spend any money. And then that's, like, you know, your reward – and that feels good, and then that's what you should focus on to try and help you sort of break the mm. habit. It's interesting because when I like stopping, uh, like not eating. Um, so when I went, I went vegan for like a whole month, and I just said I was going to do it for a month just to see if I could like live <laughs> like that, um, and what would happen. And I literally just told myself, "I'm a vegan. Like I don't eat like animal products," and that was just like what I did, mm-hmm. and it was easy for the month and then as soon as that month was up I was like oh I can eat it again and that was it like I never continued with it but it's the same thing with like um and I know now when I'm doing this change I'm telling myself I don't eat gluten I don't eat gluten but I'll eat it at this time which was like at dad's birthday or um I don't drink coffee but if I'm sitting down I'll I'll like I was literally thinking yesterday like what am I going to do? Like, you know, like I do really miss coffee, if that makes sense. So I don't think I'm going to do it forever, but I wanted to do it in a way where I cut it out a little bit so it's a bit more, so it's like I had a bit of an addiction, like three a day and stuff like that was getting a little bit crazy. But I, I said, oh, I'll only drink it if I'm sitting down at a, at a cafe and it, like really and able like to savour it. With someone or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Take away coffee. And yeah, so it just depends on how strict you want to be with these things. Like if you mm. are convincing your mind that a hundred percent, like you're like it, like I think if I really, Even you dragged me down with little triggers. Like I used to just go to the gym. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So we used to meet up and go to the gym. And then like every time before you'd be like coffee. Yes. And then like, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Or whatever. Yes. And then like suddenly one day I was going to the gym by myself and I was like, better get a coffee before. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. That's not me. That's always have a loop. Yeah. You almost yes. dragged me into your have a loop. Oh my God. Yes. It was so bad. Oh God. And like even going to the gym yesterday, I was like, oh no. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive really, past that coffee yeah, place. Yeah. I'm going to drive past that coffee place. Oh God. It's been, yeah, it's, it is hard. And like I would get up like every morning after coaching, I would go get one and I haven't been doing that. I just like, but the interesting thing is like that's just such a habit that you just do but it was it's kind of easy to break like if you just decide I'm not going to do that anymore yeah like and then like you think about it oh wait I'm not doing that okay and then like maybe like that's I mean that doesn't even take 66 days to break like if you do that after like a week or two weeks you're not going to think about getting a coffee yeah the really hard thing I think is just making sure that you can really ingrain the the good habits because if you break it a couple of times, it's really easy to get on a roll. Mm. So Get on that bad roll again. Yeah, exactly. So you might have like a couple of months where you're on a really, really good roll and you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then something happens like you get sick or 
us, you know, life happens, yeah, you yes. have kids, blah, you blah, get, blah, blah. You get really busy and then you can't be bothered to go to the gym again. Yeah, so that happens all the time. In, in that kind of stuff, you really need to reiterate, like, the long-term, um, I guess... Habit. Yeah, like, why it's important for you to have that habit long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, and, what, like, honestly, once you start doing it again, it's fine. Yeah. Like, George and I both had, like, a week off uh, last week training. Like, we both weren't feeling great, you know, flu season, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I really didn't want to train on Tuesday. Like, it's just it's, – it's like that habit has already been gone. Mm. We forced ourselves to go on Tuesday. It was fine. We've gone yesterday. We're going to go again today. Like, we're, we're, we're already back. Yeah. Because that habit Maybe. was – yeah, we're back. Because that habit was already there. or whatever – like, it, it happens all the time. I always see people have, like, a week off because they're sick or whatever, and then they have, like, another week off for no reason, and then it's just, like, all done for them. And then suddenly – but, like, that's why it's good if you have, like, a membership or something because, like, <laughs> you have to go. You pay, so you have to go back. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes it's not, like, really an incentive when people pay. Like, when people mean? are paying. No, when people are paying and they still don't come, like – Oh, yeah, it's like, come on. yeah. Uh, yeah, I find, I I find for a lot of people that it's quite an incentive. Like, yeah, no, I think for, sure. for a lot of people who get sick or whatever, like if they weren't actually paying like a membership, and obviously like this type of training, like group training and mm. um, where you have a trainer and everything is obviously more expensive than like if you were doing any time. A lot of people who have any time. Um, Maybe just global gym. Yeah, sorry. Global, <laughs> well, I know that any time is quite cheap. Like yeah. fitness first is a bit more expensive. Anyways. Um, like the really cheaper gyms, like I know people who just have been paying membership there for, and just not going like mm. for weeks and weeks and weeks because they've just basically suddenly lost that habit of training. But like there's no incentive for them to go back in because it's just not even that expensive and they don't even notice it. Mm. It's, it's good that. <laughs> so one thing you can do. Force you to go yeah. in. <laughs> so one thing you can do if you're really struggling with, um, I guess, um, trying to get in, into habits and breaking the old bad habits is um, something called the five-second rule. Um, so I read about this the other day. Picking up food off the floor. Yeah, this is it. So I read this book um, called The Five Second Rule, and she's like, it's not about picking up food off the floor. I would never have called it this if it hadn't have, like, come up organically, blah, blah, blah. So it's not about picking food off the floor. So the idea is that you count down from five, four, three, two, one, and then you move so that you create movement and action, um, and that will help you break whatever psychological um, an emotional block that you're having at that time. So say that you're trying to, like you're sitting there and you're, um, you're making a five-second decision about whether you should go to the gym or not. In five seconds, you'll start talking yourself out of it because you want to go to sleep, you want to scroll on your phone, like it's cold, whatever the, whatever the reason is. You know that going to the gym is going to be way better for you. You're going to get there, you're going to have a good time, you're going to work out, you're going to feel better about it. You, you get no to one wants. You have to see us. No one you comes. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> no one comes away from a gym session being uh, upset about it or angry. Why did I go? Um, mm, no one. But you ever. talk yourself out of it for whatever reason. You can count down five, four, three, two, one, and just move, and it will actually break that pattern of thought in your brain and help you move towards yeah. what you're doing. I have a little new habit that I've just made up, oh. and when I'm feeling like kind of unmotivated to go to the gym sometimes I'll like oh oh I have the trigger of always going and driving there that's fine but then it's like once I get there like sometimes I can fight us around for like 40 minutes just because I'm not ready to like 
Train. Train, yeah. Or like I'm not feeling it, I don't feel 100% or whatever it is, but it's not like listening to my body that's just being lazy. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I'll usually do if I feel like that is I'll just quickly run around the block. I mean, that's not for everyone because not everyone really likes running. That might be just jumping on the bike or the rower or whatever, just but just start moving. And then as soon as I've done my run and I've got my heart rate up a little bit, I'm ready to like start like warming up properly and like sort of lifting and putting weight bearing exercises into it. Yeah. And that's like a new thing that's like just worked for me and I've stuck with it. And I pretty much do it like every day now without even, uh, even no matter how I'm feeling. Yeah. It's, how, it's basically it how works. you start your workout. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really good point. Like whatever it is that like identify where it is in the line of mm. um, the habit that gets you stuck so whether that's like if you leave from work you know you have to go straight to the gym or if Mm. you're if the alarm goes up in the morning um a way to kind of get up out of the bed so that there's kind of no like putting the alarm yeah put the alarm on the other side of the room so you get to the other side of the room and you're like oh shit like I just really don't and even that's a trigger it's like a reminder Mm. that like how motivated you are like Mm -hmm. I put my freaking phone on the other side of the gym I'm not gonna that means I have to go kind of thing but even that if you find yourself like oh god it's so early like I really that bed you know looks so five four three two one count that backwards in your head or aloud or whatever and just move out the door like, it will really help. Move, bitch! And just keep for 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And if you've got a partner, get a partner who is, like, going to push you to go to the gym as well. And then, yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes someone else just being like, just go. It's like a good little push. Yeah, like, I mean, okay. a bit of accountability is always, always good, right? Mm. And also, uh, another thing, like, I was thinking about what you said before, like, mm. at the all the two gyms I work at after the uh, session I get, we give everyone a high five mm. and I have to say like a lot of people like particularly um at F45 they come in and like I can just tell that they've had like kind of like a long day or like in the morning everyone just looks really tired and like everyone's kind of like mm, zombies well, not everyone but like a lot of people walk in and um they kind of look like that and then by the end of the workout it's like they're a different person like by the time I give them a high five like every single person like gives me like quite a genuine smile and that's something I've always noticed since the very beginning like how Mm. much how happy everyone is like at the end of the workout compared to when they walk in so it's like if you have the idea like oh I feel tired I should just stay at home it's like well actually if you just went and you had your workout like you'd actually be really happy yeah at the end of it every single time so like the the point is you never regret going but mm. you're probably definitely going to regret not going yeah for sure all right I think yeah wrap it up paddle on a lot long enough <clears throat> yep <laughs> All right, guys, so if you have any questions, um, the two books I would recommend reading are The Power of Habits in Performance, I think it's called, um, and also The the Five Second Rules, also quite a good one. Um, I would read The Power of uh, Habits in Performance first, um, and then I would read The Five Second Rule after because... Um, oh, sorry, it's called The Power of Habit. No, no, so The Power of Habit by Charles Doug, Dunhig, I don't know, D-U-H-I-G-G. And then um, The Five Second Rule by Mel, um, what's her last name? Uh, Mel Robbins um, are two really good books if you're more interested in these two, two subjects. Um, anyway, that's it from us. Say bye. Thanks, Hans. <laughs>
<laughs> okay. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. Enjoy your week. Bye bye. Well, that's it for today, ladies. Thank you so much for listening. Girls, if you really liked this podcast and you want to support us, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We very much appreciate it. Um, And if you want more of our value-packed content, you can find us through these three names on social media, at Tone, at AllGPT, and at Kayla Lee Physio. Just check out the details in the description to find us. And until next time, girls, stay strong.